Time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Oh, today is a glorious day. <laughs> I just took a look at the FJ. They're working on it right now as we speak. Wrapping it in the pirate Christian radio mobile wrap. It's intimidating. I've never seen anything quite so out there. And I'm a nerd. That's the thing. <laughs> Some of the people who've seen the design have gone, Roseboro's going to be driving that? When did Roseboro become cool? <laughs> uh, the answer is never. This is, I guess, like one of those editions, like the, you know, when when Oprah Winfrey or Mor- Maury Povich, is that his name? They do like one of those extreme makeovers. You know, next thing you know, I'll be getting a tattoo or something and you know, t- convert my goatee into a soul patch. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> not quite uh, used to this. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Anyway, I get the truck today at 5 o'clock. So after I get off the air here, it's 3 o'clock Pacific. After I get off the air, I've got an hour to wait. And I feel like a like a five-year-old and on Christmas morning. Can't wait to open up the presents. So, you know, ah, man. All right, we've got a crazy show today. Do something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, start off with, um, got another entry for the, uh, the Name the Kayak contest. By the way, we're going to pick the winner tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to actually finalize the Name the Kayak uh, contest winner and announce the winner on the show. But uh, So if you would like to participate in the Name the Kayak contest, um, you got to get me your uh, your entries. The entries are basically due by showtime tomorrow. If, if I go on the air and uh, and uh, we receive uh, you know an entry after that, then we'll have to no longer accept those entries. So tomorrow we will announce the the winner of the Name the Kayak contest. We got another one. Oh, by the way, if you want to submit the uh, your entry, it's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. That's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Ray from uh, Actually, I don't know where he's from. Ray, uh, I don't know which part of the country he's in. He says, how about the Rick Warren love boat or perhaps the 40 days of love boat? Yeah, there we go. I I would love nothing more than to to, uh, name the kayak the 40 days of love boat. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That's that's in there. That's an entry. That's kind of high at the top. I'm still... You know, what's funny is, is I, you know, I keep telling my wife, you know, she asked me last night on our walk, she's all, so Chris, have you figured out uh, which of the entries uh, is going to win? And I said, well, you know, right now, if I had to pick, you know, it potentially would be the, uh, your best kayak now. You know, that's, <laughs> I just think that's clever. And <laughs> the, although the red herring is, is, is up there too, so yeah, she says, "Oh, please do not name it the your best kayak now. I can't stand that name." Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, I, I, you know, so tomorrow I will actually put some thought into the entries and pick a winner and announce the winner of the name the kayak contest. Uh, got another email here um, from Carrie Anderson. Uh, she writes um, regarding Rick Warren's forty days of love, love. You know, we're going to have to do some more segments of the different sermons regarding the 40 days of love. And I've decided what I'm probably going to end up doing is putting together the Rick Warren scripture twisting montage. 
you know, because I've got so many examples of Rick Warren saying the Bible says or God says. And then the next things out of his mouth is nothing even remotely resembling what God said. That whole scripture twisting thing that he did, uh, you know, in, in our review yesterday, claiming that uh, that first Corinthians 14, one, you know, tells us to, you know, set your as your highest aim, you know, love. That that was taken so far out of context, it's ridiculous. But if you know anything about Roman Catholic theology, um, Roman Catholic theology has a very strong emphasis on on love and as a means of trying to undermine that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. And so um, it's this idea that you know we have a faith that is uh, made perfect in love, and uh, and so the emphasis is put on not faith but on love. And love being a work that you do. And so it's a complete confusion of law and gospel. And so they're always pointing to moral examples of people who are loving, but what they don't, they always point to the behavior, but they don't point to the faith. And see, here's the deal love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which comes through faith. Christ sanctifies us through faith, He justifies us through faith. And through faith, and by abiding in Christ, by a a faith that is focused on Christ and Him crucified for our sins, Uh, love is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Instead, what Rick Warren is trying to do here is produce naked obedience without Christ at all. Just because he read a verse out of context in the Bible doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't prove nothing. In fact, it's the wrong emphasis. In fact, if you really want to talk about love, you know, there's better passages in in 1 Corinthians that you can point to, but you always have to keep in mind the context. Who was the book, who was the letter of, you know, written to? Who was... Who was First Corinthians written to? It was written to the Corinthian church. And these are people who already, who already confessed Christ, who had faith in Christ. And so when talking about love and, and really unconfusing them regarding uh, spiritual gifts, um, yeah, Rick, does Rick Warren use a lot of the Bible? Yeah, he used, oh, that's Rick, well, Rick Warren, you know, John's pointing out here says, well, Rick Warren uses a lot of the Bible. Yeah. and uh, Oh, a lot of different Bibles. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. Go to the Saddleback website. Look at their sermon section and take a <laughs> download the sermon notes. It seems like every single time he quotes a, pi- a Bible passage, it's from a different translation or whatever. You know, it's one minute's the living my Bible. The next minute's the message. The next it's the NIV. And then it's the new living translation. And then it's. Yeah, because he's proof texting. He's just basically trying to find verses that support his thesis. He's not letting God's word speak. Anyway, coming back to to love, First uh, Corinthians was written to the Corinthian church. These are people who already are called out, who already have faith in Christ, and Paul is spurring them forward in you know, and it really in sanctification by pointing them to the proper you know application of love of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is a fruit of faith. So, you know, but Rick's not pointing us to faith in Christ. He's saying that love is most important. But the problem is, is that love, as he points out, is the greatest commandment, which is law. You know, there's a problem when um, can you imagine having a relationship with somebody and um, and, you know, in order to guarantee that the relationship goes right, um, I command my wife, woman. She always loves it when I call her that, too. Woman, I command that you love me. (laughs) There's something wrong in the relationship, something seriously flawed. If I'm having to say to my wife, woman, 
I command you to love me. And I command you to love your, your children, too. Could you imagine? That, that, that would be a supreme indicator that something was terribly wrong with the relationship. So when God says to us, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And when, where does he say that? These, this, these are the, this is what's thundering from Mount Sinai. And the reason it's thundering from, from Mount Sinai is because by nature, we are at war with God. We don't love God. We hate God. We want to make God in our image. We want, to, we want God to conform to our ideas of right and wrong. We want God to be there for our every beck and call. We want God on our terms. We don't want God on his terms because his terms just, just don't seem practical. He tells us to die to self. He tells us to trust and believe. He, we can't owe him every, anything because he's offering us salvation completely free as a gift. Can you imagine? You know, well, if it's a gift, then, then I can't do anything to contribute to it. I hate when that happens. Man, I want to be in control. I want to be in charge. Anyway, all right, we're going to switch now. The balance of the program is going to be focusing in on Pastrix Paula White. Yes, Pastrix Paula White. That's uh, I, 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 I best not say anything. Um, once again, she's at it again. And uh, if you look at uh, PaulaWhite.org right now, she's gearing up for the Day of Atonement. Yeah, you know the Day of Atonement from the Old Testament? That was the day in which all the sins of Israel were atoned for. Uh, using the, what was called the scapegoat. Well, apparently what we didn't realize is that this is a Christian holiday that we should be practicing so that our names could be written in the what's called the Book of Blessing. Wouldn't PETA be all over this? Yeah, well, PETA, you will know, see the thing. Yeah, well, hang on a second. She's come up with a bloodless way for you to participate in the Day of Atonement. Just all you have to do is write a check. But uh, she's on October 9th of this year is the Day of Atonement, and she is saying that you can receive eight specific promises of the Day of Atonement. And uh, on her website, she's selling um, Day of Atonement gar, uh, you know, resources as well as a little miniature version of the Ark of the Covenant that you can uh, put on your mantle. You, you pretend like you're Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. But, uh, but in, in gearing up for Paula White's 2008 Day of Atonement uh, scam. Uh, we've got we've got actual audio from uh, her 2007 version of this scam, and I'm going to be playing it for you in its entirety. And the reason why is because you need to hear it, and you need to stay tuned because uh, at the end of this, I'm going to be calling on you to help us uh, help participate in something here, so that you can re- you can receive personally your Day of Atonement blessing. And because uh, you know, I want you to be able to do this, you know, it, it's important that your name be written in the Book of Blessings. So without any further ado, we're going to dive right into Larry Huck and Pastrix Paula White talking about the Day of Atonement. This was uh, taken from a television show that aired literally one year ago this week, one year ago this week, because, you know, the Day of Atonement last year was on uh, September 22nd. This year it's on October 9th. And uh, you you will not believe what you're about to hear. But uh, keep in mind that she's got a bloodless way for you to participate in the Day of Atonement. So without any f- further ado, here is uh, here's the Paula White show on the Day of Atonement. Here we go. The Ark of the Covenant containing the mercy seat symbolizes God's everlasting covenant of mercy and atonement for man. 
Today, Paula reveals seven covenant blessings for you. Gasp, seven covenant blessings. Oh, I'm so thankful she discovered this teaching. Found in celebration of God's holiest day of the year, the Day of Atonement. Stay tuned. Gotta play the Paula White music, because it's so hip. Listen to that vibe. Paula White today. going to revolutionize your life as you are privileged to be a part of one of the greatest programs i have with me a dear friend and no stranger to you on paula today dr larry huck of new beginnings yeah. dr larry huckster yes, good to be Pastor here larry. love you and i am privileged as we begin to discuss the importance of god's word the set times the appointments he has made with man yes yes now, this is setting this up for you. So she's basically claiming that uh, God has set up an appointment with you. You'll, you'll, this will unfold fold in this particular program. God has set up an appointment with you called the Day of Atonement. And we see we didn't even realize that it was there for us. And she's going to reveal this to us in this particular television program. And by the way, they're actually meeting in uh, in a place in Arkansas that has a, a full-scale replica of the uh, tabernacle of the wilderness. So, you know, and so they're, they're actually broadcasting from within the Holy of Holies within the tabernacle <laughs> in Arkansas. Because everyone knows that the Holy of Holies is actually in Arkansas. Yeah, that's true. If they were in the true Holy of Holies, they dead would be an understatement. We continue. You know, we might want to uh, reference the noise that we hear behind. Oh, yeah, they're broadcasting. They're recording during a thunderstorm. Listen to how they interpret this. Is that as we're in the Holy of Holies and the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant and, and, and all that is around us, there's a storm going on, which is a good sign because in the Mideast, whenever someone is teaching something important and the rains come, it means those who are listening and those who are teaching are fulfilling the prophecy of God. So this is going to... Yeah, well, maybe in this case, it means that God's trying to hit you with a lightning bolt. You might, have, you might want to keep moving. It's going to be a special program. Oh, I absolutely know. We understand, and I hate to use the word so carelessly and casually, warfare. Yes. But we understand what we've had to battle to get you this word. That's so right. God has such a great... Oh, they battled warfare. They had spiritual warfare to bring you this word. And as you'll find out, this particular word uh, has nothing to do with the word. You know, the word. Word for you today. We're in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, the home of the great passion play. And by the way, if you've never been here, it's absolutely beautiful. An exact duplicate of the tabernacle of the wilderness. It is close. It's, there's one in Israel that I've seen, and this one is by far... According to scripture, it is almost exact to what you see in the Word of God. Which is going to be very important because you will find out the details do matter to God. Yes. Yes. And you'd say, why is that important to my life? Well, we are embarking on one of the most holy seasons. And if it's important... You didn't know that, did you? You had no idea that we were getting ready to embark on one of the holiest seasons um, from the Old Testament... Important to God, it must be important to us. Absolutely. You know, Paul, a lot of people think, you know, we're going into the season that's called Rosh Hashanah, 
Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And a lot of people think, well, that's Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And that really doesn't have anything to do with me because I believe in Jesus and Jesus is New Testament. But, um, you know, it really has to do with the fact that Jesus Christ ended the sacrificial system by becoming the one sacrifice for all sins for all time. The Day of Atonement was a day in which the sins of Israel were atoned for using a scapegoat and, and using bulls and, and rams for sacrifice. That day is no longer necessary because Christ fulfilled it in himself by becoming the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Uh, but what do I know? Uh, I just work here. I'm so excited that you asked me to come and teach on this because this is to understand the Day of Atonement, to understand Rosh Hashanah, the Ten Days of Awe, the Day of Atonement in the Sukkot, brings blessing to the children of God, believers in Jesus, in ways they've never seen. Can I share something with you real quick? Sure, please do. I was going to say, as you do, that's the key point. It brings blessings. Oh, it is blessings they've been looking for. There you go. It oh, the, have you been looking for blessings? You're going to find them here in this teaching regarding the seven blessings of the Day of Atonement. Never before taught anywhere in the Christian church at any time. But here it is. Listen carefully. It's not a matter of heaven or hell. We are going no. to have our eternal salvation through the acceptance of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Absolutely. However, See, you got salvation taken care of, but this is, in, this is other stuff. God also provided for us to live abundant life. Now, I want everybody to hear what Paula just said, by the Spirit of God. She didn't say that by the Spirit of God, by the way. Prophetically, because she had no idea before God what scripture I was just going to read here. And she said, it's not about heaven or hell. It's, it's about, about the blessing. Now, listen to this. This is Moses. He says in Exodus chapter 32, verse 32, he's speaking to the Lord. Israel's messed up again. And he says, yet now... If you will forgive their sin, mm -hmm. but if not, I pray, block me out of your book, which you have written. Right now, what? Exodus chapter thirty-two has nothing to do with the Day of Atonement. If you actually would go into your Bible and look up Exodus chapter thirty-two, which I'm doing right now on my computerized Bible because, you know, technology. <clears throat> Exodus chapter thirty-two is actually about. Um, Moses, remember Moses was up receiving the Ten Commandments from God, and God says that I, I hear the sound of war in the camp, or is it Moses who said that? Anyways, it was the sound of war down in the camp, and Moses descends Mount Sinai, he's got the two stone tablets that God has written the Ten Commandments on, and what does he find? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is going on down in the valley. The, uh, the children of Israel have made for themselves a golden calf idol, and they're worshiping it, saying that, that is the, that's the God that brought them out of uh, Egypt. And so, you know, Moses, you know, at this point is like completely mad, and he breaks the stone tablets. And, um, and so what happens is, is that if you read Exodus chapter 32 in context, that's what's going on. And so here it says, just, just back it up to verse 30 here. The next day Moses said to the people, you have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. He knows that, that uh, because he's just met with God for a few days and, uh, and really 
has conversed with him, spent time with him, knows about his holiness, and and they, he knows the gravity of the sin that they've committed. So in verse 31 says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said to the Lord, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book, the book that you have written. And uh, at this point, uh, Larry Huck is going to make the claim that this isn't the book of life that we read about um, in Revelation, the Lamb's book of life, but he claims that this is uh, uh, something else called the book of blessing. And uh, never heard of the book of blessing before. Uh, hey, D'Onofrio, have you ever heard of the book of blessing? Yeah, that's right near Hezekiah. It, right, oh, it's in the book of Hezekiah. Yeah, Hezekiah is not in the Bible, by the way. Just, just checking. All right. So well, let's continue. If you were to ask most Christians, Paula, most pastors, what was Moses talking about? He said, God, if you're not going to forgive them of their sin, then block me out of your book too. Most people would say that's the Lamb's Book of Life. It can't be the Lamb's Book Absolutely. of Life. Well, why not? Can you give me another reference here? I mean, show me from the Bible that it's anything other. Because the Lamb's not coming for a lot of pages. Okay? This book is... Oh, there's an argument. It's not biblical, but it's uh, yeah, because the, uh, well, the Lamb doesn't come until a lot of... Well, the whole Bible is about Christ. So why can't it be the Lamb's Book of Life? Because the Lamb who was slain was slain for the, for the sins of the whole world. This is ridiculous. It's exactly what you were talking about. It's called in Hebrew, we, if I can say it in English to, so people can understand, it's the Book of Blessing. Mm -hmm. And so, in the Rosh Hashanah... And, and where do we find the Book of Blessing, Pastor Dr. Larry Huckster? Never heard of it. For God judges us for the whole next year, and he writes our name. When During those ten days of awe, we get right with God. We, what, what, what we get right with God? If I can get right with God by myself, then what was Christ doing on the cross? I mean, what was he there for? This is seriously messed up. So he's basically making the claim that this book, uh, you get right with God and uh, it's for blessings. We get right with our neighbor. And if we get right with God and if we get right with our neighbor, then he writes our name in the book of blessing for one whole year. It releases joy, prosperity, goodness, peace, uh, blessing in every area. And so it's not about this. He just made this up. This book of blessing thing that he's talking about is an invention and a fantasy and a mythology that he just made up. He's literally claiming that if you make yourself right with God and with your neighbor during the time, the, the appointed time of the day of atonement, that uh, God's going to write your name in the book of blessing for one year. And then then you're going to experience blessing, joy, and prosperity for an entire year because it's written in the Book of Blessing. You have got to be kidding me. Time is not about, okay, I'm going to make heaven my home. Our name is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but God loves us so much that he continually gives us time to remind us. They blow the shofar and everybody go, you know what? Maybe I've gotten a little lukewarm. Maybe I'm not doing what I should be doing. And so we get right with God. And then for how do you get right with God? How do you get right with God? Do you uh, dance around oak trees naked wearing chicken feathers? 
Do you pray five times a day towards Mecca? How do you get right with God? How? how? Um, God's law demands that you keep it perfectly. And since you haven't done it perfectly and don't do it perfectly, how on earth are you supposed to get right with God? This is ridiculous on its face because you cannot keep the law perfectly. Getting right with God isn't, again, graded on a curve. It's dependent upon perfect obedience and righteousness. Oh, yeah, maybe I've slipped into gossiping and, you know, I need to do better. This is ridiculous. Complete confusion of law and gospel. And at the heart of this, it's really a scam. But uh, I, I know that might come as a shock to some of you. But I promise, stick with me to the end of the show today, and I'll show you how it's a scam. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to, real quick, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're, we'll be right back. And uh, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. And if you would like to email me and uh, let me know how, uh, how you have done the things necessary to have your name written in the Book of Blessing so that you can uh, receive joy and peace and prosperity for the next year, uh, please email me, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. It's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> My local Christian bookstore just sells Jesus flock. Where can I find good material? We at NewReformationPress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn radio program, including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at NewReformationPress.com, or the big-picture audio presentation Bible in an Hour by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com. Finally, Reformation Theology Made Accessible. All right, we're back. We're in the middle of listening to a uh, television show produced by Pastrix, Paula White, also known as uh, Modern Day Jezebel, or That Rebellious Woman, or Scam Artist Extraordinaire with Super Expensive Taste. Notice I didn't refer to her as Christian Sister Paula White, because if she believes the stuff that she's teaching, she ain't nobody's Christian sister. Not one person. All right, let's... Uh, I know that that's unloving and unkind, but... Uh, true. It's true. So we continue with uh, Pastrix Paula White and Dr. Larry Huckster, 
I wonder where he got his PhD from. Obviously, not Oxford. Yeah, the king of the Duke School. Yeah, the, 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 the king and the Duke University. Yeah, referencing uh, Huck Finn there. All right, let's continue. For 10 days, we go and look for ways to, if I've been gossiping about somebody or if I've hurt somebody, I go and make peace. It's, it's exactly what Jesus said. They said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God with all your heart. Isn't this what uh, Rick Warren said yesterday in the uh, 40 Days of Love? <laughs> Always coming back to the law, never really understanding it, that uh, the purpose of the law is to convict you of your sin. A universal problem here. When you misunderstand law and gospel and the purpose of the law, you come up with all kinds of silly teachings like the 40 Days of Love and the Seven Blessings of the Atonement. Rosh Hashanah. Right. I'm sorry, Day of Atonement. And love your neighbor, Yom Kippur. Oh, wait a second here. I, I got to back this up. You got to hear what this guy's doing. He's throwing in Hebrew as if he knows what he's talking about. Somebody, I go and make peace. It's, it's exactly what Jesus said. They said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God with all your heart. Rosh Hashanah. I'm sorry, but uh, Rosh Hashanah does not mean love God with all your heart. <laughs> he's blowing smoke out of particular orifices at this point. Right. And love your neighbor, Yom Kippur. No, love your... Uh, Yom Kippur does not mean love your neighbor. Yom Kippur means day of atonement. Yom, day. Kippur. <sighs> People, you need to learn your Bibles. Otherwise, you fall prey to wolves like this. So that God can write your name in his book of blessing. And listen to this. Once you do it, then he comes and tabernacles with you. And when God comes, he brings abundance, he brings prosperity, he brings joy, and he tabernacles with you and releases his blessing for one whole year. And according to the Talmud... Uh, the ta according to the Talmud? <laughs> the Talmud? The Talmud is a commentary on, on the Torah. That would be like me saying that uh, Calvin's commentary on the book of Ephesians is somehow canonical. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I wonder how many people were schnookered out of their money because of this program. You know, I'm in the wrong business. I really, you know, I need to just start making stuff up and telling people that God said it so that I can make all kinds of money. Oh, the only problem is, is that, oh yeah, let's see. Uh, God would punish me severely. I'd end up in hell. Not an angel in hell can come and erase your name. So this time, yeah, yeah, yeah. time releases the favor of God like never before. I won't be Woo, look at that. You uh, you just got to do the right things and, and it'll release the favor of God like never before. Oh, by the way, I, I hate to let the cat out of the bag. I know I've said this before, but um, they're going to come up with a bloodless way for you to experience the seven blessings of the Day of Atonement. And it's going to involve money. Money. Lots and lots of money. I won't tell you the amounts. Stay tuned, because when you hear the kicker there, it'll be loads of fun for you. I guarantee you, it'll knock your socks off what amount of money that they're going to ask you to send in to receive the seven blessings of the Day of Atonement. 
understand because if you cannot get God's results and do it man's way, no. and God who lays a firm foundation that, that says these ordinances are forever, forever, and there's no way to break or translate that word any other way, that these, exactly are, right. these are forever. And while it is not a matter of the acceptance of the Son of God going to hell or heaven, right. it, or the rejection, it is the matter of blessing and benefit. Right. And so God says, I set a feast means appointment. That's exactly I right. make an appointment with man. Now I found out it's not so much that we're doing what's wrong, we're not doing enough of what's right. We're missing it. We're missing it. So someone says, okay, I love God, I'm going to heaven, but why don't I have blessing? Why don't I have benefit? Why? What? 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 You, uh... I I I've, I love God, but why don't I experience blessing? Is, does the Bible promise us, D'Onofrio? Yeah. Does the Bible promise us earthly ble- blessings now? If we do particular things, I think it promises no end of grief. No end of grief. Oh, pain and suffering. Yeah. All those who want to live a righteous life will experience suffering. <sighs> hmm. Why don't I see John 10.10? 10? Let, me, let me say it this way, because what you're saying is so people need to grab this. The Word of God says, God says, my people are destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. No- Taken out of context. Nobody's taught us about this wonderful time of God's grace. Uh, the reason why they have nobody's taught us about it is because it's actually not taught in the Bible. You guys actually just invented this out of smoke and mirrors called Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Kippur, or Sukkot. My people are destroyed. It's, it's exactly what you said. It's not what we're doing wrong, but it's what we're missing because nobody taught us. Oh, yeah. See, it's not that we're doing things wrong. It's that nobody taught us about this special appointment on the Day of Atonement and the 10 days where you got to get right with God so that you get your name written in the Book of Blessing. You know, it's, it's like a boat that leaves at the same time every year. You know, and there's a special appointment. And if you do the right things, you, you get your name written in the book of blessing. And, and people might say, Paula, but, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I've got Jesus as my Lord and Savior. What did Paul say in Romans 10, 11? He said, because you have Jesus, you have been grafted in to this. Well, Psalm 11, 3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, the fundamental Ooh. truth, oh, then yeah. what shall the righteous do? You know, this is crazy. She's just going to whip out Psalm 11.3. <laughs> well, let me checkmate you with that one with uh, Matthew 26.3. How about John 11.32? There. This is ridiculous. They're just ripping verses out of context. No context whatsoever. And it's like magic. You know, if you take verses out of context and stick them, stick them together, it's called a pretext, right? And uh, let me let me give you two passages of scripture. Did you know that the Bible actually teaches that you should commit suicide? Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. You should commit suicide because it says in the Bible that Judas went and hung himself. And in, in another passage, it says, go thou and do likewise. See? <laughs> if you don't have a foundation, the fundamental truth to build on, Absolutely. Then what will those in right standing of clear self do? So what's God saying? He's saying, I. You know, I, I'm betting that this outfit that uh, Paula White is wearing, um, with the faux cleavage thing going on here, <laughs> that's at least five hundred, six hundred bucks for that outfit, easily. 
I didn't come to do away with the law, I came to fulfill oh. it. Matthew so chapter it, 5. It's the fulfillment which is what is so important because here's where this is relevant to you today. That God is saying, I have set an appointment with you. If really, he said that? God has said he sent an appointment with me. Is this like a dental appointment? I hope not. I don't like going to the dentist. Uh, is it a visit to the doctor? You know, the annual checkup? Yeah, I can hear the rubber gloves snapping right now. If you miss the appointment, now you're not going to miss a hair appointment, a doctor appointment, an appointment with a pastor. Why in the world would you miss an appointment that God has set with you? And the reason he has said it is because you have to do it God's way. God is a God of patterns. He's a, oh, he's a God of patterns. Mm-hmm. My wife buys patterns down at Walmart, you know, when she makes clothes. Oh, never mind. The God of principle. He sets in the beginning. He goes so much back to his foundation that when he speaks to Moses, he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Absolutely. and Jacob. He says, you cannot build beyond. So he goes, I'm the God of. And, and so when we go back and get the understanding and we're going to understand that out of this season, these three. You know, I think that's a three carat diamond ring I'm looking at on our left finger. That's at least three carats. And it looks like a platinum band, too. Feast that we are about right. to experience. Right. Atonement is the most holy, in my opinion. Right. You know, and not only that, looking at her hairstyle here, that looks like it probably cost two or three hundred bucks to have styled that way. It's John Edwards' guy. Yeah, right. The John, I think the guy who does John Edwards' hair does her. She's got the highlights thing going on, and she's got the plucked eyebrows. And, and are those are those diamond studs in her ears? Jeez, she's she's wearing a lot of money on her. And it means at one reconciliation. Oh Lord. Uh, okay, you got to hear this one in context. This is silly. What does the atonement mean? Well, atonement means at one mint. <laughs> Just take the word and break it up. At one mint. See. Oh, this is re ridiculous she's gonna literally sit there and tell us how the atonement is at one mint that's like saying you know if you assume that makes an ass out of you and me that's what that means and these three feasts that we are about right. to experience right atonement is the most holy in my opinion right. and it means at one reconciliation that perhaps there's been some things that have been broken fragmented mm. That what God has said and what is what you're seeing in your life, there's a discrepancy. But there's about to become an at one, a reconciliation, because you're going to find as Pastor Larry goes into this deep teaching. Yeah, he's going to go into deep teaching. All right. Deep teaching as get your hip boots on and get a shovel. The bovine scatology is going to get really, really deep. I were in the holy place here and what the importance was how you cannot miss the appointment but be at one that for the next year because what god would literally do is it would determine god's decisions were made on the day of atonement for the next year see it's like catching the bus you don't want you don't want to miss this appointment because once the day of atonement is over the ship is sailed until next year and uh how do you get your name written in the book of blessing I guarantee you it's about money. Wait till you hear the amounts.
And so God does not change his patterns. No. And what he's saying, and what we're going to show you through the word, all the way through the word, that his decisions for the release of your blessing and benefit is going to be determined by what you do. We're going to be right back and talk to you about how you can make sure you don't miss your appointment. All right, cue sappy music as they go to commercial. We'll <laughs> skip through the commercial because you don't want to hear about the Life by Design uh, empowerment seminar. Yeah, you know, did you know that Donald Trump is like personally endorsing um, Paula White? I think he has the hots for her. He, he he likes chasing skirts. All right, hang on a second here. I, yeah, l- let's listen to Donald Trump here. You'll hear a little bit of, of of the tail end of this commercial, and and then you'll hear Donald Trump speaking about how great Paula White is. Hey, New York, my friend Paula is coming to town, and she's terrific. There's really nobody like her. Wow, we should listen to. Paula White, because Donald Trump says to... You're fired. Yeah, that's right. You fired. You fired! <laughs> I, I gotta slap my hand. You're fired. Yeah, there we go. With more on the seven blessings of the atonement, here again is Paula with special guest, Pastor Larry Huck, on location from the Tabernacle in the Wilderness in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Because the Tabernacle of the Wilderness uh, spent a long time in... Arkansas. You know, I they have a picture of it. You know, I think there's a trailer park on the other side of the... Nah, I mean... Are you ready for a new beginning? Because when we hit the Day of Atonement and we understand that God sees things different than man, he lives by the Jewish calendar, That's not the right. Gregorian, That's right. that the Day of Atonement is literally the first day. And so it's a day of new beginnings. It, it, it is literally... Your physical new year. It's your new year. It's not January 1st because, like you said, you know, you know things that so many people don't know. It is God. No, she doesn't. She's made up stuff that no one's ever heard of before. Big difference. Big, 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 big difference. Is she Mormon? God's Jewish calendar. And so Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the seventh month. The number seven is the Sabbath day. Okay, in six days, God created the heavens, the earth, and everything that was good. And then on the seventh day, he finished his work. Now, think about this, Paula. You know this, but people, if God created everything, I'd love to come back and do a whole program on Shabbat, on the Sabbath. It's, right. it's wonderful. The Sabbath is not, is not Sunday, the first day. The Sabbath is Saturday, the, se- the seventh day. What did he finish if he created? everything in six days what did he finish on the seventh day well he created in hebrew he created rest which in hebrew is the word menuha mm-hmm. doesn't mean to sit back but on the seventh day he created joy and prosperity and happiness and peace and victory he huh where does it say that in the bible nowhere he's just making this stuff up and if you believe it it's going to cost you dearly, both for money now and uh, your soul in the future. Created everything to bless you, and on the seventh day, he created the blessing so that we could connect with the blessing. So where we're at right now... On the seventh day, God created the blessing. Yeah, I know. In Rosh Hashanah... It doesn't say God rested from creating on... So how was he creating the blessing if he was supposed to be resting from creating? 
Hmm. On Yom Kippur is the beginning of the new year. It's the seventh month. And so God says, blow the shofar. Why? Just like today, sometimes we need to be woke up and go, you know what? I'm getting kind of lukewarm. I'm starting to gossip again. I'm starting to do this. And so God blows the trumpet and it reminds everybody, okay, Rosh Hashanah, get right with God. Father, forgive me of my sins, okay? Uh, ten days later, the ten days of awe comes the Day of Atonement. You said before break, the at one with God. Well, what is God? God is a good God. God is a blessing God. God is a prosperity God. God is a joy God. God is a forgiving God. What, what, what? God's a prosperity God? Is he a Joel Osteen advocate? Well, Joel Osteen actually is, uh, he teaches prosperity light. Yeah, man. God. And so we get right with God. And then, God forbid, if I gossiped about you or if I ripped you off or something, I come to you. Now, this this a little bit more detail. God will not make me right with you. I have to come and get right with you. Mm-hmm. I get right with God. Love God with all your heart. With- yeah, you do that. You go right ahead. Love God with all of your heart. I bet you can't even do it for a minute. I dare you. The triple dog dare? Yes. I triple dog dare you, Larry Huckster, to love God with all of your heart for one minute. I don't think you're going to pull it off. They asked Jesus, then love your neighbor. I get right with you. I said, forgive me, I've been gossiping. Forgive me, I, I, I ripped you off in a business deal. And then when we do that, God writes our name. Did you catch that about rip you off in a business deal? I think that was a, some kind of a pseudo-confession about what he's doing at the moment. He's ripping people off. For one whole year in, in book his of book blessing. of blessing, and no one can erase your name from that. And then we go into uh, Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles, and God, with all of his blessing, tabernacles with us. Now, it's there. It's like if somebody had you a new car out there, it's already paid for, but nobody told us it was out there with the keys in it. We would miss it. And so all of God's people, they've been saying, like we were talking before we went on camera, people were saying, where's my blessing? We're about to connect you with this through Rosh Hashanah and the atonement. Maybe the reason they were asking, where's my blessing, is because they'd uh, followed and listened to Paula White and sent in seed offerings and seed money for some time and gasp um nothing was happening well, well apparently they forgot they they did, forgot to stick around to you know to get on the bus for the get your name written in the book of blessing dude where's my blessing the, dude where's my blessing <laughs> don't tase me bro one minute with God. Let's talk about that connection. Because yes. Deuteronomy chapter 16, 16, he says, do not stand before me empty-handed. <laughs> There's the beginning. Do not stand before me empty-handed. She'll use this verse later to talk about money. Okay. When they would come into the presence of God, the first thing when they would enter into the, the outer court is the very first thing was an altar where the offering was put. Absolutely. Now, offering's so important because you said 10 days of repentance, 10 days of there was a day of fasting. Right. There's a day of really consecration. Offering has so much to do with not just, we've been taught seed time and harvest, which is a wonderful principle right. and truth of God. But it's only partially it's true. It's partial because it's always looking to our future, that's too. Right. And, and that's good. Now, I want everybody to know, before God, we did not talk about any of this before we went not on. Not at all. Now, um, yeah, 
this all sounds like the same prosperity heresy to me, and uh, this all falls under the same category of the same stuff you guys always talk about. I don't think this was. I don't think this was improv. Yeah, no, this is an improv. I want you to listen to what, what Paula was saying. Now listen to this, because I'm getting ready to teach this in Dallas. Okay, we all know Malachi three. Right. Okay. Return. Uh, by the way, Malachi three. If you're going to read it in context, I'd love for you to do so when whip out your Bible, pause the tape, and read it in context. Guess what? Uh, Malachi three has nothing to do with the Day of Atonement. Nothing. No. Zip zero nada. What? Tis true. Judas went and hung himself. Go thou and do likewise. Turn unto me, and I'll return unto you. Okay. How do we turn you? Would a man rob God? How we robbed you? Then it says in tithes and in offerings. Mm-hmm. As, as a pastor, I used to always teach the tithe is the 10%, and the offering then is that extra $100 you sent in, that extra $5 you sent in. Look at this, Paula. It's talking about the offering, coming back, uh, the sons of Levi right. receiving the right kind of offering, uh, as in the days of old, as in former years, and then I will come near to you. The tithe is right. the 10%. The offering is those three offerings a year. The, the Day of Atonement offering, the Passover, Passover. offering, and the Shavuot offering. Right. The... Ah, see, the key to all of this is making sure you send in your Day of Atonement offering. Or else God won't touch you. Uh, uh, you, are you well, actually, it's not that God won't touch you. He won't write your name in the Book of Blessings. Mm. Unless you send in your Day of Atonement offering. First Fruits offering, which we talked about down in Orlando. So here's people watching right now that God is about to release them into a harvest that they have been waiting for because you've been paying your tithes, but through Uh, your program and your teaching, we're we're connecting them back to the blessing of old. Okay, so in other words, the reason why you give is so that you can get... Three main offerings of the year. I'm getting so excited here because there were three. Yeah, of course you are because you know that there's a bunch of people listening who are going to completely fall for this and write you some really huge checks. I'm so excited. It's just like Christmas. Three times. It's first fruits. First fruits. It's atonement. Right. And it's Passover. Right. Funny enough, those are the three times when she really pushes hard for super money. First fruits, day of atonement, and the Passover, a.k.a. Jesus' death and resurrection day. When he said, the tenth, which is the tithe, belongs to the Lord. It's holy according to Leviticus 27. Well, these offerings are the appointed times, the appointments God has with you. Let's look here. It said, watch what he said, that um, purify the sons, purge them. And he goes into this uh, Jerusalem, and I will come near you. I will come near you. And he goes into this. And and that judgment is not... Negative judgment. I know. It's the good. It's, it's the good. And no, I'm going to come near you and judge and bring you the prosperity you've been waiting for and the joy you've been waiting for. In other have, words, I'm... You have got to be kidding me. You have... If you believe this and you do not know how to read your Bible, people, go get a copy of the Book of Concord, read the large catechism, the small catechism, the Augsburg Confession, and read your Bible from cover to cover. Make a point of doing it a couple of times a year, please, and you will spare yourself from being eaten by these wolves. 
I'm going to bring you the justice of your name being written in the book of blessing and benefit. Absolutely. And so what happens here when you begin to understand because an offering is a heart issue. A heart issue is what causes God's presence to come, which is why there is consecration. Repent. Causes God's presence to come? If you have a good heart, God's presence comes? The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Hmm. Repentance. Make it right with your brother. Right. Right. All the different things. And, and the reason where your treasure is there, your heart, heart will is be also. also. And so it really is not a money issue. It is a heart issue that says, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I desire you. And really what you're doing. Where is Christ in all of this? Nowhere to be seen whatsoever. Talking about the Day of Atonement, and they're not even talking about Christ. Before I get any farther, by the way, Christ is the... We don't need the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement has been fulfilled in Christ. Let me read to you uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. uh, Comparing Christ to the Day of Atonement, if you will. says this, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come... Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, referring to the tabernacle, that is, not of this creation, he entered once and for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer Sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works and to serve the living God? The Day of Atonement really is pointing to Christ, the one final, true, ultimate sacrifice for sins. And these people have turned it into. They've mythologized it as a means of trying to get money from you. By the way, the money pitch is coming. Stay tuned. And uh, we'll go from there. The children of Israel said to uh, Moses, they said, okay, we know his acts, you know his ways. Right. We want to know God like you. Right. And so God said to Moses, this is what you tell them. They cannot say I am God. They must prove my lordship they must prove i am god and he laid out a structure they'll go to the tabernacle they will sacrifice yeah and so god said you can't just say i'm god you can't just say i'm the head and not the tail you can't just say you must understand god's order divine accurate arrangement that's a pattern pattern means something to be copied and duplicated this is a religious ponzi scheme a pyramid scheme with them at the top basically feeding you garbage and all these promises and they're the ones making all the money. When you're positioned, you're in the divine, accurate or order and arrangement of things. So what we're doing by doing it God's way is meeting God. God set the appointment. Okay, if, if, if Paula, if we're going to do it God's way, <clears throat> let me read to you the requirements for the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, from Leviticus chapter 16. Paul, if we're going to do it God's way, then we need to do it God's way, right? The Lord spoke to Moses, verse 1, chapter 16, Leviticus. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died. They offered strange fire and God killed them. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark, 
so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. So uh, the, the beginnings of the requirements for the Day of Atonement is a bull uh, and a ram, a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering for the uh, high priest, by the way. He shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body and he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. Second requirement is uh, the ephod and the priestly garments. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. He has to be clean. In other words, he has to have bathed. And then he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So let's see. We're up, that's one bull, two rams, and two male goats. And the pastor being male. And the pastor has to be, the, the uh, high priest is a man. So these are the requirements for the Day of Atonement, since God wants us to do it his way. Right, Paula? I mean, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where it tells me that, that the Day of Atonement requires me to send my money to you. The Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, requires a bull a high priest, uh, two rams, and two male goats. Let me see. Continuing, verse 6. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself. I'm sure Peter would love that. <laughs> and make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And then Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell to, uh, for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness. That's called the scapegoat, by the way. You, you, lay, you literally symbolically lay the sins of all of Israel onto the scapegoat and send them out into the wilderness. So, um, Paula, um, Pastrix, uh, no, whoever you are, in the designer clothes, in the expensive rocks, and the ridiculously expensive hairdo, um, if we're going to do it God's way, then why are we not involving uh, the animal sacrifices? There's a, lot missing. There's a lot missing from this explanation of the Day of Atonement for you. In fact, um, folks, we, we haven't even gotten to the money pitch yet. Hang around, please. You've got to hear the amounts. You, you're going you're gonna to die when you hear it. But uh, rather than sending in money, uh, what we're going to be doing at uh, Fighting for the Faith, I'll hopefully have this up by tomorrow, is we're going to put together a PDF, and a PDF that you can print out that will have a picture of a bull, two rams, and two male goats so that you can send in your uh, Day of Atonement offering to Pastrix Paula White because the, she's doing this again this year. And uh, you can that way you can get your name written into the Book of Blessing because you got to do it God's way. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that available for you to download and print out and send in to Pastrix Paula White. We continue. You are positioning yourself, getting in divine, accurate order and arrangement, and you're duplicating what God said, and you're saying, God, I'm not just saying you're God. I'm proving yes. your God. And that's where God says... You know, I can feel people thinking right now, okay, that makes sense, Paula. That makes sense, Larry. But I've always heard we're not under the curse of the law or that divine order. Now, listen. Uh, Yeah, we're not under the law, by the way. <clears throat> listen to this. The word law in Greek right. means legalism. Right. 
The Lord. What? 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 No, 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 no. That is not correct. Oh, jeez. I've got to look this up here for a second. Do a little New Testament search in the Gospels for the word law. No, namo. Namas. Hmm. The Greek word for law, by the way, does not mean legalism. He's incorrect. Notice he didn't even cite it. <clears throat> Namas. Greek word for law means a procedure, a practice that has taken hold, a custom, a rule, a principle, or a norm. Doesn't sound like legalism to me, Larry Huckster. The law in Hebrew, which is what Paul is teaching, Moses is teaching, Jesus is teaching, means pathway. Huh? Yeah, he may be right there. Hang on a second here. We're, we're going to actually look that one up in uh, the... Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. And this is the law. Let me pull up my Hebrew Old Testament. Do, 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 do. Uh, Torah. Law. No, that's not correct. A... <laughs> A human, okay, instruction, a, a human of a mother, of a father, of sages, um, divine through his servants, a body of prophetic teaching, instruction in messianic age, uh, special laws, feast, um, written code of the covenant. Hmm. Nope, he's wrong there too. Our divine order. Right. And so it's not, it has nothing to do with legalism. It has to do with God's divine, divine order, order. And it's not. Oh, man. <laughs> this is just a pooling of complete ignorance with the, with the design of getting your money. It's not about bringing judgment of penalty. It's about, I'm going to judge what your, your good deeds that you've done. By the way, in case you haven't figured it out, we're, we're doing extra innings today. So that I can bring you my blessing. You know, Christians are so, if I could share this one thing, Christians are so, we're so taught. The Christians are so gullible because they put up with you. On God's meanness mm -hmm. and God's judgment. I was talking with a rabbi friend of mine up in Seattle the other day. You'll love this. And he said, we're, we were discussing this. I said, I've been reading this on the in the Talmud about when Adam Eve was thrown out of the garden where all God's blessings were. And then God put an angel in front of the garden with a flaming sword. And I said, Rabbi, I've been reading this. I've always heard that was to keep people from getting back in the garden. But I've been reading in the Talmud, and he smiled. I said, it's not to keep people out, is it? He said, it was God loves you so much that he knew mankind was going out in the darkness. So he put an angel in front of his blessing with a flaming sword so that when man finally came back to the word... They would have a light that would draw them back to God's blessing. That is a complete load of garbage. What? Notice he's quoting that from the Talmud. You know. <sighs> Here's, by the way, what that verse says in the Bible, not the Talmud. Genesis chapter 3, 24, God drove out the man in, uh, to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. 
reading in context. Let me back up to verse 22. Here we go, 322. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever in sin. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden to work the ground from which he was taken, and he put a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. What Larry Huck just said is absolutely 180 degrees contradictory to what the Bible actually says, the reason why God put an angel with a flaming sword guarding the way to the uh, to the tree of life. <sighs> I studied it last night. I'm telling you, my spirit could just keep going here because it's so true. Mm. And what you're saying that God... Uh, no, it's not on after us if we go on down a little bit it says you are cursed with the curse and every uh, by the way they're reading from malachi chapter 3 still having nothing to do with the day of atonement malachi chapter 3 has nothing to do with the day of atonement anyone wants to avoid that all yes. oh, curse yes. they're two different hebrew words that's right and what he's literally saying there is you are invoking demonic spirits by getting yourself out of position that's right huh no, that's not what Malachi chapter 3, verse 9 says. And God's not saying, I'm cursing you. That's not it. God's saying, I want to write your name in the book of blessing and benefit. I, I don't want to God curse of you. Justice. This fictitious mythological book of blessing doesn't exist. No, I want to show you the way. You know, I should do a little search here. <clears throat> Pulling up my computer Bible, looking for the words, book of blessing. We're going to search the entire Bible. Here we go. Let's search. There are no verses in the current range of the English Standard Version text which fit the current search criteria. Oh, the words Book of Blessing appear nowhere in the Bible. Hang on. Let, let, let me try the NASB. Nope. Um, NIV? Nope. Um, how about the RSV? Nope. How about the King James? Uh, no. Hmm. Why can't I find this book of blessing anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should Google it. <laughs> nope, it's not. <laughs> anyway, we continue. But he's saying what you do is you move yourself out of the order of God and you literally by being dispositioned are misplaced. Yes. Watch. I'm bringing this to the New Testament. When you are misplaced, you invoke demonic spirits because you are out of the order. And yeah. here's what Jesus said. Here's the good thing about Jesus. He says in Matthew 18. <sighs> he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Absolutely. Out of context. Absolutely. And the word you think he's talking about uh, blessing? Put it, writing your name in the book of blessing. Word lost there means mispositioned. <gasps> no, the the Greek word in uh, in that passage where it says I came to seek and save the lost means mispositioned. Hang on a second, I gotta look this up in the Bible. Computer Bible, looking up the word lost in the Gospels. <clears throat> Uh, we have no context, and we're going to look for it in the English Standard Version. Here we go. Uh, seek and save the lost. I think she said 18, right? Uh, here we go, 19. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. 
All right, looking at my Greek New Testament here. Hmm. That's interesting. So far, I'm not seeing this. Um, Apalumi is the Greek word there. Um, to cause or experience destruction, to ruin or destroy, to the ruined, the perished. Not a very happy bird or adjective. Uh huh. To lose, okay, to fail to obtain. Uh, those have been separated from a normal connection, lost. I don't see anything about being dispositioned there. Sorry, Paula, you're wrong. To seek you. I came to put back in place that that got out of mm. the divine, mm. accurate order and Absolutely. arrangement of things. Jesus did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it by giving you the understanding and revelation of God's way of... Oh, catch that. Christ came not to end the law, but to fulfill it by teaching you how to keep it. I don't think so. Doing things, the insight... That's what understanding yeah. is, an inner awareness. Yeah. So, so, so Jesus came to give you understanding so that you can know how to fulfill the law. I can't do it. I, I, I don't do it. Illumination that God wants to give you his revelation today, his understanding, because he desires, if you could feel the heart of God like I feel right now. No, you do not feel the heart of God. That's indigestion. Take a Pepsi. It will go away. God so longs to bless you. His nature is the same. He is a good God. Yes. There is only good in him. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above who there is no variableness. There is no changing. God's not out to trick you or to hurt you or to harm you or to abandon. He says, and I love the message, Jeremiah chapter 29. He says, I know what I'm doing. I know the plans I have for you. He said, they're good not to abandon you, not to hurt you, but to bless you. Yeah, God does bless us in Jesus Christ, forgives us of our sins, wipes away our sins, atones for them, propitiates God's wrath. But you're teaching something else. You're teaching material blessings, the idea of giving in order to get, and this complete mythological idea that God will write our names in a book of blessing if we send you money uh, before the Day of Atonement because we have an appointment with God. God has good plans for you. We're going to come back as we continue during this very holy time and show you how you cannot miss your appointment that God has made to reconcile and make you at one, not just with his presence, but with all the benefits and blessings that, like Pastor Larry said, the car sitting out there, the keys are there. All you have to do is know the pathway to walk on. And he put an angel here to stand with the torch to lead you on the right path. Cue corny music. We're going to skip ahead to the end of the commercial here. And uh, here we go. Are you guys ready? Would you like to know with this last piece, this is what you've been waiting for. How do you experience, how do you, what do you need to do in order to get the seven blessings of the Day of Atonement? Here we go. Stay put. With more in-depth teaching on the seven blessings of the atonement from on location at the tabernacle in the wilderness, here again is Paula. 
Pastor Larry, we're in the Holy of Holies right now. No, if you really were in the Holy of Holies, God would have stricken you dead long ago, girl. Oh, this is such a wonderful thing to to explain what we've been talking about. Rosh Hashanah is a time that we got right with God because God wants to bless us. Literally, Rosh Hashanah means like the beginning of the year. It's the first start of the year. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, you said it so well, when we become one with God. Not just this God that can't touch us, but a God that wants to heal us, bring us prosperity, a God that wants us to live in our own house and, and our businesses flourish. And Oh, yeah, God wants you to have the American dream. That's what Jesus came to earth for, so that you can be wealthy. So when we come in here, it's not a place of judgment. It's a place that we can remember that God wants to write your name, my name, their name in his book of blessing. Uh, I get angry hearing it now. Think about it. To write our name in a book of blessing so that blessing can overrun us for the whole next year. That's the reason for being in the Holy of Holies. Yeah, yeah you got to do this once a year, by the way. The book of blessing for an entire year. You get blessed for an entire year. Just don't miss the appointment. What happens? Does it get erased? Well, yeah. See, here's the deal. Is that, you know, every year the book of blessing gets wiped clean and they, they get a new book of blessing. It's the 2008 version of the Book of Blessing, and then then next year's 2009. Well, how would you would you like to know what it is that you need to do in order to have your name written in this mythological Book of Blessing? Now, when we begin to think of that, you really will make the determination what your next year will look like, because if you are going to see God's promises, you must follow God's patterns. And God said, "I've set an appointment with you, the Day of Atonement." to become at one with you. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, do not come and stand before me empty-handed. Here it is. Don't you dare show up empty-handed. You want this, your name written in the book of blessing? You better not show up empty-handed. But bring to me and let every man sacrifice, he says, as he is able. So a sacrifice is that. You feel it leave you. Yes. Now, I don't know what a sacrifice is to you. Maybe it's 10,000. Maybe it's 5,000. I believe that perhaps it needs... Yeah, that's right. You heard that right. You know, I don't know what a sacrifice... Maybe it's $10,000. Maybe it's $5,000. It needs to be $207. You say... Maybe it's $207. Hey, why, Paula? Because as we bring a $207 seed in this seventh year, 2000, I'm believing, God, that your name will be written in the book with benefit and blessing. And that according to Joel chapter 2, as you present this to the Lord, he declares seven blessings over yes, you absolutely. at one minute. And I said at one minute, atonement. He said financial prosperity, yes. a double portion, deliverance to all those that call upon the name of the Lord. God's presence. Yes. There will be special miracles. Your sons and daughters. God says, I have things for you that are going to come your way because you do it my way. So apparently doing it God's way means sending in $10,000 or $5,000 or just $207 to Paula White. Where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say to send in your money to Paula White? Nowhere. Not one place. These people are charlatans. They are wolves. Satanic wolves who are preying upon God's sheep. 
And why did God's sheep put up with these people? Because God's sheep don't read their Bibles anymore. I know that God has supernatural blessing for you, but it is very important that you get up and call that toll-free number right now, that you write the P.O. box, and you don't stand empty-handed. I'm not telling you exactly what to give because $207, can that say sacrifice? Right. No, but we can target our faith. Absolutely. We can say, God, this is what we're believing you for. This is what we're presenting to you. And there are some people that are called to bring a very, very sacrificial seed to the... Yeah, you, you, we, we, she really needs some sacrificial seeds out there because she's got some very expensive taste in clothing, jewelry, and shoes that she needs to be able to, you know, to meet. And so, sacrifice big, folks, so that you can get your name written in the mythological book of blessing. The Lord, you know, because God's speaking to you. No, he's but not. I know this. As you do it God's way, there are guaranteed success. This is not God's way. Guaranteed blessing and benefit. Open. Guaranteed blessing and blessing and benefit. If you write Paula uh, White a check, I don't think so. Open the windows Open of heaven. Open the windows of heaven. No, it doesn't. Sending Paula White a check will not open the windows of heaven. Might actually open up the uh, trap door of hell. You need to call the number right now and say, Paula, this is what I've been longing for. It's like a piece of the puzzle that was missing. I knew there was more. And it wasn't that I was doing what was wrong. I wasn't doing enough of what is right. And so I honor God. And when you honor God, you reverence him. Which means it, you will not honor God if you send her a penny. If you send her one dime of something real that she can cash in, you will be dishonoring God. Because this rebellious woman, this Jezebel, is absolutely lying to you about what God's word says. Respect that is felt, manifested, and seen. You recognize him, which is to acknowledge and to do it God's way. You can release the seven blessings of your covenant with God beginning on His most important day of the year, September 22nd, the Day of Atonement. Call toll-free, write to Paula White Ministries, or visit paulawhite.org, and in appreciation of your best atonement offering unto God of any size, we would like to send you Dr. Steve Muncy's revealing book, The Seven Blessings of the Atonement. Paula's insightful two-CD series, At One at Last, plus Pastor Larry Huck's incredible teaching on Yom Kippur, The Day of Atonement. On CD. For your best atonement offering of $60 or more, you'll also receive this beautifully crafted ornate miniature Ark of the Covenant to display in your home or office as a perfect reminder of God's covenant with you. Be sure to include your prayer requests when you write or visit online for Paula to cover in prayer on September 22nd. And get ready to experience all the blessings of your covenant relationship with God through His most important day of the year, September 22nd, the Day of Atonement. There you have it. The perfect scam. Absolute garbage. Poppycock. Hogwash. Hogwash. Designed to do nothing more than remove money from your wallet and put it into her account. I think if I ever one of her things, I might end up empty Yeah. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, we've come to the end of our show today. 
By the way, we'll put something up. It, it won't be up there today, but it'll be up there tomorrow. Something for you to download uh, that you can print out and send in so that you can participate in this year's uh, Day of Atonement and get your atonement blessings. But do it God's way with a bull, a couple of rams, and a couple of male goats. Very important that you uh, you do it God's way. Don't send money to Paula White, but send in, you know, f- you know, pictures of the livestock and we'll we'll give you details on how you can participate. Oh, man, this is just cheeses me off. That's last year's. I can't wait to hear what this year's program is. I, in fact, I promise you, we'll, if it's really interesting, we'll cover it here on Fighting for the Faith. Well, we're at the end of another show. I'd like to thank you all for staying tuned as we went through Paula White's scam about the Day of Atonement. If you would like to write me and tell me how your name was written in the Book of Blessing, that fictitious mythological book that exists nowhere in Scripture, um... You can do so at talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Till next time, God bless you. <laughs>